This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all A Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Hold well, on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I'm Dylan Hafer, and today I am excited to be joined by a returning guest who You could say she's very chic. You could say she's the chicest guest you've ever seen. She keeps things hot and cold. Uh, Please welcome the host of the Andy's (laughs) Girls podcast, Sarah Galley. Oh my God, she's chic, but is she c'est la vie? That is the question (laughs) of the hour. I mean, I don't know if uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's My Hand and Yours merch is chic c'est la vie, but we know it is very chic. It is... (laughs) It is so chic. I cannot. That moment is burned in my brain, I have to tell you. And I caught it. A moment of the year, of the millennium, of, as Ramona would say, of the millennial. I did. So I posted about it on Bravo by Batches, and Dorit did like the post. So I think she's like in on the joke, at least now. I don't know what goes through her brain in the moment because everybody else at the table is (laughs) just watching, being like, girl, what? What are you doing? What are you saying? I, I, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis must at least be flattered and, you know, good for her. I mean, people are buying chimes because they're <laughs> chic. I mean, like, I think this this really honestly was a moment. I'm sure it helped. Have you gone to myhandandyours.com? You know, I haven't had the pleasure. Um, I'm hoping that you have. Are we going to do a little bit of a shop? Is Betches, is Bravo by Betches going to sponsor some wind chimes for our New York City apartments? Sponsor is a strong word, but I'm on the website right now and they do have a lot of different products. Um, The dog leash is $40. (gasps) Whoa. Um, The the tumbler, which keeps things hot and cold, is only $25, which seems like not a bad deal. The wind chime is only $28, and it is, believe it or not, sold out. (laughs) (gasps) See, I think I would want the wind chime the most. The wind chime is, the I feel like, the most kind of unique product. They have... um, they have some like weird hand holding sculptures that I guess are kind of cute, but those weren't those weren't featured on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So I mm-hmm. feel like I would need to either get like the dog leash, but I don't have a dog, the tumbler, but I already have too many you know cups and water bottles. So I think yeah, the the wind chime is really the the like specialty ticket item. But unfortunately, yeah, it's sold out. Maybe they should have, they probably should have priced it higher than $28 if they knew that it was going to get this fabulous endorsement from Dorit Kemsley. I mean, how much are wind chimes? I've never, honestly, um, I've never been an active participant in wind chime culture. Are wind chimes usually expensive? I mean, isn't the wind free? You know, like how much, how much should a wind chime be? If a wind chime could chime, how much would a wind chime could chime be? I mean, like likewise, I've not participated in wind chime culture, but I imagine mm-hmm. that the the prices range significantly, and it's less about the cost of the wind than about like the decorations included on the wind chime, because some of them are probably quite elaborate, or there's like some artistic elements going into it. This, on the other hand, is quite a minimalist wind chime. I would say it's, um, <laughs> you know, it's like dark gray with no kind of ornamentation. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like you could price it higher. This goes to charity. So if it was like a $50 wind chime, I would still be considering it. But it's nice that um, the product description, there's like a little note from Jamie Lee. Um, she oh. says, singing for spring and summer. I have always been comforted by the beautiful sound of wind chimes. The unexpected and varying sounds encouraged by the natural conductor, wind, is a perfect complement to our mission of comfort and connection and the reminder that you are not alone. That's in all caps. A new branded offering. <laughs> a lovely gift for all ages. Jamie. Wow. It's a lot of words about a wind chime. 
while you were talking the spring and summer moment, I was like, okay, I see you. I did think Sheree owned those seasons, but like, okay, we'll let you say them out loud, even though it does make me feel a little she by Sheree. But like, this is a good cause. I'm into it. I, I can support both, I, mean- I suppose. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis is not like a Bravo celebrity branding her product as singing for spring and summer. Like she's just like a random famous person with some charity products. So I don't know if she's really thinking about Sheree when she's writing the description for her winch. Well, she by Sheree, I put my hand in a shopping bag holding your items hopefully one day. BCC, your partners in this burgeoning business that hopefully we'll be able to support at some point. Speaking of She by Sheree, we're talking about Real Housewives of Atlanta today. I know we've both watched this latest doozy of an episode, but one moment on this episode that I thought was kind of funny, separate from all of the drama that's going down, is when Candy is giving Sheree her little like business masterclass. And I feel like the advice that she is giving Sheree is so basic. And it's good advice, but it is literally like so surface level about how, you know, start with a small collection and then use the money you make from that collection to build more. And Sheree is like, thank you, Candy. That's some really good advice. I'm definitely going to implement that in my business. And it's like, it's how many years has it been? And you're at least acting like this is new, different advice than you've ever heard. I'm like, what is happening? But I think it maybe is different. Like, I think that that's not, I think Sheree needs to hear that because the thing is, It's how many years in, as Candy herself said, that should be the most successful housewife business on Atlanta, if not within all of the franchises. The name recognition is insane. If we're going crazy over a fucking wind chime, no disrespect to hands, imagine what we would be doing with She by Sheree product. And yet it hasn't happened for a very over the course of a very long time. So maybe Sheree does need to hear this just in order to get it off the ground. Right. Like, why all these years later does it need to be a huge fashion show spectacle event that Dwight Eubanks is going to be at? Like, just sell the damn joggers. (laughs) I mean, sell us anything. Sell us anything. I mean, it's not difficult to, like, screen print your logo on a pair of sweatpants. Like, she could be selling something tomorrow. So it is just a little bit like, where is the disconnect? Do we need what we really need? Maybe next season on Beverly Hills, Kyle can invite Sheree over to her children's hospital of Los Angeles lunch and she can like hawk her wares at the lunch. So Dorit can maybe hype her up a little bit. I mean, who do you think the Dorit would be in the Atlanta cast? The person who like Sheree is going to do like a she by luncheon event like she's going to next season. They're going to have a terrific launch of whatever happens at the end of this season. Hopefully fashion show with fashions. And then Sheree gets, you know, the group together. Who do you think her cheerleader would be? Who would be the Dorit in the group? I think it would probably be Candy because I think Candy... Mm. I don't think Candy would do it in the same way as Dorit because she's not going to, you know, Candy's not going to be out here like kissing Sheree's ass. But Mm -hmm. I think Candy would be a cheerleader for her and wants to see her succeed maybe more genuinely than some of the rest of the people in the group. But also, you know, uh, maybe Fatoum is going to be out there earning her keep because she's been on this season all of two episodes and is doing the most, I would say. How do you feel about Fatoum? Um, How do I feel about Fatoum? I feel like Fatoum has come in way too hot. Yeah. There's always the thing of like, when somebody pops up in the middle of the season, and it's somebody that we've never seen or heard of before, there is that moment where it's like, okay, like someone new, like it's, I like having kind of friends and acquaintances around in the group. I think that helps it feel kind of like a fully fleshed out you know, social circle. And we've always, they've done a good job of that in the past on Atlanta with, you know, Marlo, Shamia, you know, like lots of kind of those types of figures. But with Fatum, that first episode a couple of weeks ago that she was on where Sheree had her sleepover party mm-hmm. and she had gotten the private investigator to look up Drew and Ralph's aliases. It just feels like it's coming out of nowhere and that she has 
come onto the show for the very first time already with this very strong agenda against Drew and Ralph. And while I would be interested in learning more about the backstory of whatever has happened with Drew and Ralph, I need there to be like an origin story of why Fatum like has a hard on for bringing down Drew. And I don't think we've gotten any of that. So it sort of just feels like you have this like thirsty girl who has come on the scene and seems to be seizing her opportunity. But like we've seen in the past, you know, we had we've had people like Fallon or Yovana or, you know, come on this show. And just because you have a big moment or you get into a fight with a longer you know, a more official cast member, that's not enough to get you a peach. Like, I think we've seen people go down this road, particularly on Atlanta before. And it's like, I don't actually think this ends with her becoming a housewife next season. I mean, I honestly can't even believe she's a friend of. Is she a friend of or is she a cameo plus? I think she's a cameo plus. I, yeah. It's always a little hard to tell, but I definitely recall when the, at the beginning of this season that it was like, here are the housewives, and then also Manietta is a friend. And so I don't think Fatum is like an official, official friend. But I mean, she came on, she showed up to the trip, which is, you know, she clearly was like on the call sheet somewhere. So I don't know. Her energy is so weird. It makes me like anxious. It's very not manic, but like there's something about it that's like spiritually itchy. It's it's like it gets inside of you in a way where I'm like, I don't even know if this person is a personality, but her carrying that wine glass when they were doing the gem washing or whatever it was called, like that it was I just got very nervous. Why is this woman holding an empty wine glass as like a support or something. It was very, she's, it's not vibing for me. This, this vibe is not vibing. It's a vibe with no vibes. Fashion show with no fashions, honestly. She has a little bit of like dangerous energy where she seems, Mm. she comes on the scene, you know that she's friends with Sheree, but you don't really know kind of what her goal is or why she's there. She seems like a little bit messy, a little bit disheveled. I think they're like maybe drunk. It's a little unclear when she shows up if she might already have been drinking. And then she is very reactive and she doesn't have a problem, you know, later in the episode, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about Kenya and Marlo. But when she says in the house meeting, she's like, well, Marlo, like I'm, I, I want to apologize for my part in it, but you know I was attacked and some people need to blah, 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 blah. It's like she has no qualms about kind of stoking the fire with Drew in this case. And it's like, if I were Drew, I would also be like, I don't want this girl in the house. Who is she? Mm. We're on a cast trip. And until three days ago, I had no idea this person was part of the group. And so if I were Drew, I think I would also sort of feel like I didn't sign up to go on the trip with her. You know, I'm good with Kenya now. I can handle my shit with, you know, Sonya or whatever. That seems to have calmed down. But it's like, who's this wild card that all of a sudden seems to be gunning for me? Like, I understand, even if you don't love Drew or, you know, you think that her shit should be exposed, I definitely understand why she sort of feels hoodwinked a little bit about this woman being on the trip. It also does, you know, there are moments that are like iconic where there's more than one environment of conflict happening at once. Like I think of the Cartagena trip where there were no less than like three different fights happening at that dinner table, which was (laughs) it was like a symphony of screaming. It was incredibly well done. And then I felt a little bit like this episode in this trip, it just felt like Fatum was so unnecessary and there was already like major conflict happening that I just felt like this is extraneous and it's kind of making stuff feel chaotic in a way that's not helpful to the storyline, which like, I don't know Mm -hmm. how you resolve that. Like, you know, the producer's production, you're not a fortune teller. You can't like look into the future and know that this is going to be too much, but also just that it's, it is too much. It's like, I don't want to say too much of a good thing because I don't think the Fatum stuff is really landing. It just felt in the moment like, wait, we're focusing on there's this other major conflict happening 
And then there's this other stuff which just feels so kind of dumb. Like I don't yeah. care enough about the other people. I don't know Fatum. I don't really care about whatever she's trying to accomplish here, let alone Drew's response. That I'm like, this just feels, it doesn't feel even to whatever else is going on. It felt kind of lopsided. Right. And I think it reminds me a little bit of on the last season of New Jersey, our struggling friend of Tracy, who Mm. her strategy of trying to get into the mix was getting in between Teresa and Joe Gorga and getting involved in that. And it's like that thing of like, no, like sit down. Like, we're not talking to you right now. Like, Mm -hmm. there are other things going on. And it's not that I never want to hear from you. It's not that I never want to see you again. It's that, like, right now there are things that we're trying to deal with. And, like, you're not in the position to actually get involved. And, I mean, let's just talk about it. Like, Kenya and Marlo are obviously the main narrative of what's happening in this episode. And really from start to finish, we never get any kind of like let up from that. We're at the house. Kenya arrives in the morning. Marlo is saying that she, you know, please come, come see me. I have something to give you. I want to talk to you. Kenya is avoiding her like her life depends on it. Then there's this whole situation in the driveway where they just like Kenya sitting in the car. It feels like they are like somehow tethered to this house and are just like mm. incapable of leaving. Like they are just like from the from the very beginning in the morning. It's like okay, let's go, let's go. Okay, out to the cars, out to the cars. Okay, now we're standing in the driveway for like two hours, and then somehow we move to the trampoline in the backyard. And it's like, can we please go somewhere? Like I'm getting like cabin fever, and I'm not even there. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those moments where I obviously there was a very strategic decision not to show producers in that moment. And maybe this is like me asking for things that obviously they dole out very specifically, like they're very selective with when they break the fourth wall. But obviously what's taking place is Marlo refusing to leave until Kenya leaves and Kenya refusing to leave. And I think it would have been to me, selfishly, maybe I would have appreciated seeing a little bit of a moment ab- about that because what we got, while funny with the, like 30 minutes, hour, hour and a half later, which I appreciated, we didn't see, we saw them texting. Like I saw Kenya texting. I'm assuming she was texting a producer the entire time, being like, this, I'm not going to do what this person is demanding. But that mm. was what was taking place. I mean, it was Marlo and Kenya refusing to do what the other wanted, which led to a breakdown in production. It would have been, don't you think it, is it asking too much to get like a little bit of some producer intervention on camera since we know it was absolutely happening throughout off? Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. And obviously people have a lot of different opinions about breaking the fourth wall and how, you know, sparingly that should be done. But in this case, there is whether or not you think about it much, there has to be a lot of kind of maneuvering going on. And there's also this idea of, you know, this is when they do group trips on this these shows, mm. regardless of what the stated reason for the trip is or like who's hosting the trip, it is a filming event for the whole cast. Right. And these people are all at work, essentially. And so going back to the last episode, when Kenya shows up at dinner and Marlo is saying... I would like you to stay at the house with us. And if you don't stay at the house, I would like you not to be on the trip and not to participate in these activities that allegedly she has planned for everyone. And that is obviously, you know, obviously she is saying what she's saying to Kenya. She wants her to stay in the house X, Y, Z, but on a, you you know, peel back the layer a little bit. And she's saying like, she's kind of trying to do this power move of like, I don't want you to be on the show for this period of time if you're not going to play by these rules because I've been told that I'm the host of this trip. And when you think about it in the way that now most of these, most or all of these women, their contracts on the shows, they get paid by the episode they appear in. There's Mm. also an element of if So Kenya initially wasn't going to come on the trip, or she said she wasn't going to, but then she decided to, obviously, 
And so, you know, by deciding to come, she's not going to miss any episodes. She's not going to miss any of her potential money. But then Marlo is kind of like trying to pull rank and say, well, you're either staying with us, or you're not coming on the trip. And we don't say that on the show. But like, if Kenya left after that first dinner, and then the trip was hunky dory after that, that might have been two whole episodes that Kenya could potentially be mm-hmm. cut out of. And, you know, I don't know everybody's finances, but I don't think anybody wants to be missing episodes. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honeylove. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week, grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Absolutely. It reminds me of two moments from New York. One, when Dorinda decided Sonia wasn't coming to the Berkshires, and we got to watch that tension play out because Dorinda's saying in the context of their environment, it's only one night. Why are you upset? And Sonia's trying to say without saying it, I'm upset you didn't invite me because I'm missing out on cash. And when Bethany had her skinny girl trip to Mexico and there was this like awkward tension, LOL, around is she going to invite Ramona? And Ramona finally was like, it's a, essentially it's a cash trip. I'm coming regardless of whether or not you invite me. This is a part of my job. So you might as well accept it which is what ended up happening with her attending the trip. I mean, there's a little bit of that taking place. And also the idea of like when you host a trip, we understand what is happening with Marlo's life and her storyline. But ultimately, it is a trip in support of our friendship. But it is a trip for this reality show that we're all cast members on so like how much authority and control do you have on that that's why this whole thing was so wild to me at a certain point because does marlo have the authorization to say if you don't stay in the house you're not on it like that was the tension to me of like are you allowed to say that to a genuinely like right to a cast member at what point does production get involved and say she's you know we want kenya to be on this I don't know. It's kind of weird. Right. Because if she's not staying at the house, of course, there are little, you know, filming moments that she's going to miss out on. You know, she might not be there for breakfast or, you know, if something goes down late at night. Of course, production would probably rather she's with the group the whole time. But 
if they can't have that, I'm sure the second best option would be Kenya is still there for the meals and the activities and stuff. And so for Marlo to kind of, you know, she's trying to like call the bluff a little bit and say like, you can just leave. And mm-hmm. and then, of course, at the end of the episode, in an even bigger way, when she pulls the plug on the trip entirely and says, I've called cars for you. Everybody's going home. Thank you. Please leave the house. <laughs> I, again, with the production element, you kind of have to wonder, it's like, did she get this approved? Like, did right. somebody sign off on this? Are, is production now scrambling because they thought they would get a whole nother episode out of this trip? It's a little bit like, when you think about the sort of implications and ramifications with filming and with production and with, you know, episodes and things like that, it's like, oh, this is, it's a dramatic moment. And I think there is value in that, that it's like, oh, when you're kind of putting on your housewives report card, it's like, oh, that was a pretty major move that she just like kicked everyone off the trip. But then if production is looking at it, they might be like, she kind of ruined our plans like i'm Mm. sure they have a game plan of like okay you're doing this activity this dinner she mentioned something about going to a winery it's like they had a whole you know production maps out kind of all the events and stuff and it's like oh well okay i guess we're only getting they i mean they really only got yeah i guess two episodes out of this trip but i'm sure they were planning on more yeah and i think that marlo mentioned either on the episode or on the after show that like she stayed she stayed with her makeup artist for two nights, which I was like, <laughs> okay, did anybody film that? Or was it production just being like, okay, enjoy the rest of your trip in the mountains. We'll see you when you're back in Atlanta. I mean, that was a fascinating discovery, I suppose, or reveal. Yeah. And, you know, Marlo, obviously, she's been on the show for a long time, but she is a first season yeah, official housewife. So, so that's the kind of thing that makes me uh, a little nervous. Not necessarily like I'm not personally nervous, but like thinking about, you know, whether somebody gets brought back or something. It's like if you're seen as difficult for production or that you're, you know, stopping them from what they have planned, it's like that probably isn't the best. But well, I mean, whatever. I, I still, I thought this episode was very compelling. It just was. Mm. Obviously, it didn't go. Nothing went to plan, and I, I understand why Marlo was upset about that. But I also. It felt like she kind of, she like bailed out on the trip, basically. And I I would have been interested to see how it would have gone if they stuck with it. I mean, but also know that I think Kenya did a very successful job of provoking her. Like there are aspects of this where like, yes, did Marlo say things and and threaten Kenya in terms of not allowing her to participate? Yes. Does Kenya have valid reason to not want to play into this energy and vibe? Yes. Is it, though, still Marlo's trip? And is there a level of disrespect that's present here that you're just waiting for that person to be not triggered by, but like waiting for that person to participate in? Yes. Like Kenya running around refusing to acknowledge the host when she arrived, refusing to speak to her when Marlo was being perfectly respectful at that point during this last episode, and then waiting for this person's voice to get elevated and then saying, I'm not going to talk to you when you talk to me like this, which is the result of you pushing Mm. their buttons. I mean, I don't know that anybody comes out of here a winner when it comes to like, whose behavior can you 100% defend when it comes to the two of them, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I we've talked more about Marlo so far in this conversation, but I mm. certainly think Kenya knew what she was doing. Absolutely. It was kind of like a mess with the bull, get the horns thing with Marlo mm. in this episode. And I think Kenya is one of those people where when she decides she wants to play that game with you, she is... She is happy to do it all day. It was one thing when she went into the house and she was like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll I'll talk to Marlo when I'm ready. Like, you know, okay, she is, you know, they're not on great terms. But when it became clear that she really just was not going to give Marlo an inch in that, in giving her the conversation she wanted or even really acknowledging her presence or, you know, giving her the time of day. It's like, yeah, like what did what did you think was going to happen? And it could have been honestly a lot more explosive than it was. We got th- when they were going out to the driveway, we got uh, you know, a little 
moment of the kind of nasty back and forth where, you know, Kenya's talking about her abandoning the kids and, you know, Marlo's talking about her butt. And of course, because we, we can't have an argument without somebody <laughs> saying like Kenya's like inflatable booty and she calls her trash. But I mean, given the way Kenya was treating Marlo, it's like I, it could have gotten even nastier. And it ended up just being kind of this weird um, like cold war in the house for the rest of that day of like, you know, the two hours in the driveway still is just like getting to me. And then even when like Marlo's like, I'm not getting on the trampoline until after the devil gets off. It's like, what are we supposed to do here? Like, I I almost wish they would just like fight. And then <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I want from them at this point, but I, I like that Sonia is leaning into her like baby bone carrier uh, <laughs> role a little bit. I actually called it from, cause I interviewed Sonia before the season premiere had even mm. aired and I had watched the premiere and I asked her if she was like going to be a bone carrier in training because of the way she handled that first lay archive. I I can't even pronounce it because it's spelled wrong. Lay archive when the women were talking about all the issues they had with Marlo's event planning. And then Sonia kind of goes and tells her, I was like, I see that little glimmer in, in her and lo and behold, I'm not the only one, but I, I liked that she was kind of moving the plot along by, you know, talking to Kenya and sort of getting what she had to say and then reporting back to Marlo. I'm like, we need somebody to do it. And, you know, Drew, weirdly, is now sort of team Kenya and, you know, Marlo and Candy are having their issues. So I'm like, I like that Sonia is kind of taking up the mantle of like, I like both of y'all. So I'm just trying to like find a way of like, get in there, girl, get messy. Yeah, it felt like she was both a Marlo whisperer and a Marlo translator. And I think that that was like important because there was an obvious significant stalemate that was happening. I just wonder when it comes to Kenya, like, does she ever admit to being the provocateur here where we understand more about her feeling in her confessional when she talked about how Marlo's treatment of her reminded her of Mark's treatment of her, which I thought was like a very interesting an understandable dynamic and perspective, but also just because you see glimpses of that person, you are actively trying to elevate the situation pointing toward conflict. So like, I get you feeling disrespected. I get you feeling triggered. I get you feeling like you don't want to play a part of this environment, but you are actively raising the temperature here. And I don't know that she's willing to accept that, like connect those dots. Yeah. When she made that comment, it did definitely like, it's a, it's a bold statement, you know, Mm because we saw how much that relationship with Mark really messed with her mind and the way she, her self-esteem and all of that stuff. I think it's the kind of thing where maybe the feelings that she's having as a result are relatable or or are Mm. comparable or like some of the specific treatment. But I don't think the overall situations are really the same at all. It's like this is, you know, I think we can all probably agree that Mark was kind of a piece of shit in their relationship, at least. And, uh, you know, I don't think necessarily, I think that with the Marlowe, there's a lot more give and take and they're, you know, both kind of to blame. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are 
are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I'm interested to get your take. We know they're filming Ultimate Girls Trip 3 in Thailand right now. Mm. I want to hear your thoughts about the cast a little bit, but specifically with Portia being back on a, you know, group of women kind of show. What do you think would be happening on Atlanta this season if Portia was still there? Like, I feel like it could just be even more toxic and explosive. Like, I can't imagine Portia, like, in this house. I mean, it's one of those questions. It's such an interesting question. And also, like, whose side would I would think, like, whose side would Portia be on? I genuinely don't know. (laughs) Whose side do you think? Is that bad? That, like, I actually don't know when it comes to, like, that's what we need. I mean, I'm already thinking to next season now. This uh, girls trip, it sounds like she was cast kind of as a last minute replacement, but also, holy shit, it's such a prestige addition to the cast. It could be like a backdoor entry to rejoining Atlanta, which seems incredibly likely in the next couple seasons. I know her last minute casting on Girls Trip, if as we was reported, she was a replacement for Tinsley. Right. It's so interesting because obviously, you know, t- I, I like Tinsley a lot. I would have been excited to see her on this show. But I mean, Portia really is up there in that sort of top tier of housewives, both for her contributions to the show, but also I think for her notoriety and, you know, celebrity follower. I mean, she has, you know, close. I think she is like the second most followers on Instagram of any Real Housewife after Candy. Mm-hmm. She had a spinoff that, you know, if say what you will, but I think it did okay. She is a housewife that is not kind of like a random filler housewife. She really is a brand name housewife who has a track record and has a lot of fans and a lot of, you know, iconic moments. And so for her to be kind of like the the last minute replacement, it's like, well, Damn, they I they kind of traded up. I mean, I I like Tinsley, like I said, but in the in the pantheon of housewives, Portia is certainly on another level. Yeah, I mean, it felt like the theme was like frenemies or friends, like a besties, but like I don't totally understand what's happening with Whitney and Heather Gay, so like I don't even know how that dynamic will work, but like that appeared to be the theme and then you put Portia in there. I, I guess paired with Leah if Tinsley was the person who was replaced. And it's just like the dynamic is going to be so wild because first season was like all stars. Second season was quasi cast offs, ex-wives, many of whom were angling to return to the show. Third season seemed to be like alliances, friendships. But then with Portia, it's like, are we just going to watch eight? And I'm happy to do whatever. But like eight episodes of like Heather and Whitney losing their shit that they get to film with Portia. Like it's going to be so lopsided. It's usually kind of evenly cast. And this it's like you have a a superstar in the pantheon of housewives with like people from Salt Lake, which is. Totally fine. It's just going to be, it's going to be an interesting energy, maybe. I guess you're right. In this cast, I pretty much like everyone. There's nobody on this cast that I'm like dreading seeing again on TV or think they are a really out of left field casting decision. But there aren't any, there isn't anyone else in the cast that I would say is like as all star ish as Portia. And so it's, it's, I mean, even just from like a length of time on the show, you like Giselle, I guess, is the next closest one. But like, you know, it's not really comparable. It is interesting you say that like in these last couple of girls trips, everyone was like 
somewhat on an even playing field. And this time it is interesting. But also you have on this girls trip three, you have a lot of current housewives. Mm. And then you have Portia who left the show. I think, you know, as far as we know, left the show by choice. She still has been on Bravo with her spinoff and stuff. And then Leah, who's kind of in this no man's land of whatever's happening with Roni. And, And it's like, Okay, so what is the what is the angle here? Because with Girls Trip, well, not with Girls Trip, with Ex Wives Club, it clearly does feel like for at least half of the women there, they would very much like to be back on a show, their old show, whatever. Some, they're you know, it's the Thirsty Girls. But with this season three, it's like most of these women are have I think pretty good job security. So it's like, mm-hmm. does Portia want to come back to Housewives? We'll see. I think. She seems to sort of still be in a position, I would guess, where like, if she wants to, it'll happen at some point. But I also don't know if she wants to. I think she probably wants to. And I think, you know, I didn't watch her spinoff, but I heard it was like pretty tough, like pretty tough. Did it you was watch rough. It? I didn't watch all of it, but I watched enough and I heard enough that it's like, I think most people, when they have a spinoff like that, you assume that they're kind of going to be the the hero, the fan favorite, the protagonist. Mm. And I think with Porsche's, it's not necessarily that she looked bad on it, but it was just like, it was messy. And it was, you know, people were all of a sudden sort of seeing Dennis's side of things or like Mm. that Dennis didn't seem like such a bad guy. And then there's all this weirdness with what happened with Simon. And, you know, obviously Portia loves Simon and she wants us to love Simon. And Simon is this great guy, but they're just just like a little bit of a something off that people feel. So I think with Portia, it's like she still is iconic. She still has a huge fan base, all of this stuff. But like, I think she had a little bit of a tricky last season on Housewives, and then she had this spinoff that wasn't a slam dunk for her. And mm-hmm. so it is a little bit like not that much time has passed since she was the fan favorite, but going into this season of Girls Trip, there is a little bit of a question mark there, more than I would say with somebody like Alexia came back on Miami, I think is like a total, you know, everybody loves Alexia. She's like a queen. You know, people I think for the most part are, you know, still like Heather Gay. Giselle is like the legend of Potomac. I think there's, you know, with with Portia, she's in an interesting spot. And I'm curious to see how, I mean, we're probably not going to see this season of Girls Trip until like forever. <laughs> who knows? Next February. But oh my God. Um, I know. I want it now. <laughs> I want it literally now. I want it next week. They just finished, right? Didn't they finish filming? I want it now. They've been, I don't know if they're done done but they've been yeah they've been filming we've gotten we got a group tiktok that leah was absent from we don't know why but i don't know i don't know i'm i'm excited though i'm i'm ready i'm ready i wonder what the you know there's been some conversation around the energy between portia and candace because portia was firmly on Monique's side and how she was kind of describing and reacting and with giselle and reacting to like what was going on on um, Potomac. And I'm curious, I would love to see everybody. I mean, honestly, like the vibe is really interesting when everybody gets along. And like, sure, can there be like a little bit of tension and unpacking this stuff? Absolutely. But I also think like, you know, I don't know. I love that energy from season one where it was just like people yeah. having fun and still having conflict, but having fun. Yeah. Well, with Giselle, there also is the thing like she and Portia were on chat room together so Mm -hmm. they and that was people talked about it then that Portia had was like BFFs with Monique and what would the dynamic be there because obviously they were you know spending a lot of you know they weren't like in the same room together with chat room but they were having conversations and stuff and I think that will be I'm sure that will come up we saw with season two I think they did a really good job of kind of bringing up everyone's shit and Mm -hmm. um, you know aside from Phaedra wiggling out of having to talk about her departure from Atlanta. We, I think we did get a lot of conversations that we either had been waiting a long time to have, or we didn't realize that we needed them. Like the Brandy and Taylor stuff, I thought was super interesting. Jill and Dorinda talking through their stuff, hearing, you know, Vicky and Tamra and, you know, hearing all of them kind of talk about their feelings about not, no longer being housewives. I think that was a strong point of season two. And I'm I'm curious to see with season three, like what areas we can explore. Like, are we going to talk about Jen Shaw? Are we going to talk about 
um, you know, Leah's feelings on the whole Roni shakeup and kind of being mm. left out in the cold by this solution they've decided. Like, I, I, I'm interested by the possibilities there. I love that. And I have a question for you. Who do you think is more likely to return to Housewives first? Portia to Atlanta or Phaedra to Atlanta or Dubai? Or neither? Uh, okay, so I think at this point, Phaedra going to Dubai to me seems like more of a real possibility than Phaedra going to Atlanta. I will say that. I know she she mentioned that in some interview she did recently where she kind of was like, I don't know if I would go back to Atlanta, but like Dubai, honey, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that seems to be, it seems logical to me. And also I think Dubai this season, like I've enjoyed it enough, but I think they could maybe use a little bit of a boost for if mm-hmm. they're going into season two. And I think casting Phaedra would get a lot of people to watch that maybe have fallen off this first season. I think the thing with Phaedra versus Portia, I think if they offered Phaedra a contract to do Dubai tomorrow, I think mm-hmm. she would say yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Portia, I think it's likely that they would want her to come back sometime in the next two or three years. Mm -hmm. But I think there would be sort of like a Bethany type of situation. I think there would be a little bit more negotiating, playing hard to get. Do I want to come back? Can you afford me? You know, there would be a little bit more of that game going on. Whereas Mm -hmm. like, I think Portia would, I think Portia would sign the contract. So you think Phaedra would sign? sign, Yeah. Phaedra would sign the contract with less questions asked. So I think that's where I'm at with that. Can I ask you a sidebar question while we're quasi-talking about Dubai? You and I had sure. the pleasure of going to the Dubai premiere at the Lamborghini showroom, which I'll never get over. It was so chic. Just full circle. That very chic. Say lovey. And the I think chicest. We- <laughs> <laughs> and I think that we both had like a pretty positive reaction to Caroline Brooks in that premiere. Not to yeah. like, but I think we did. What's your what's your feeling on on good old Caroline Brooks these days on on now that we've seen many episodes of Dubai? It feels like we've seen hundreds, but I think it's been like six, whatever it's been. (laughs) What's your sense of things with Caroline Brooks right now? I think Caroline Brooks still I, I think she has all of the ingredients of being a great housewife and an iconic housewife. You know, like I think she is that package Um. That scene with Sarah at her house Mm. and her friends from Boston, I think really was a side of her that we hadn't seen before. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's how she gets with any regularity or if that was a filming thing. But that was very, to me, reminiscent of some of Jen Shaw's explosive moments on the Mm -hmm. first, especially on the first season of Salt Lake. We just saw her kind of like flip a switch and like it was like the rage machine. And Mm -hmm. so... You know, with seeing that side of her, I'm like, I'm not immediately like, oh, I don't like this woman. I wish she wasn't on my TV. But I I do hope that we can get to the bottom of that a little bit more and get a little bit more background on like, was there some, you know, circumstance of that night specifically that triggered her so much? Or, you know, is for people that have known her for longer, like, does this kind of thing just like happen with her? But overall, I mean, I still think I still think she's entertaining. I still think she's giving us a lot and she's a good I I think she's like a good kind of narrator type of person. I like hearing her thoughts on the other women in the group. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm like I maybe I have a little bit of trepidation about just being like, we stand Caroline Brooks, but like I, mm-hmm. I'm not like anti, if that yeah. makes sense. No, it does. It feels a little bit like she's giving off a little. I think this is something that you and I have talked about on Andy Scrolls before, but like there's a little bit of a second season housewife energy to Caroline that she's giving me a little bit right now, where it's like you have so much fan favor that then you triple down on it mm-hmm. in a way that can be a little confusing, but they're on the first season of an entirely new franchise. So, like, I don't know that that's really playing out well. Yeah. It's a little bit like Leah McSweeney's second season energy, mm-hmm. where it was yeah. like everybody was telling her she was amazing, and then it kind of like unraveled a little bit. But it's only been like seven episodes. But um, I don't know. I, I I I'm curious to see what happens with Dubai. I'm interested to see what their reunion vibe yes. is like because 
I think the season has lost a little bit of momentum, whether or not that's deserved. And I'm curious to see if they can kind of put together a reunion with enough, you know, enough kind of going on to get people kind of like sucked back in. Because I could, I think the they've been very active on social media as the mm-hmm. season has been airing. It's clear that some of these feuds or tensions that we've seen on the show have, if anything, gotten more, mm-hmm. you know, more intense or more toxic in the time since filming happened. So I definitely am looking forward to seeing their reunion, which I think they're taping pretty soon. But yeah, I think I imagine that Bravo will give this show a second season because it kind of seems like, why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. You know, that seem it's not really their MO to just like do a one season Housewives thing and then let it die. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I think most of these women will probably be back for season two. Maybe we'll get Phaedra and, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll be cooking with gas. Do you think that Caroline Stanberry should be back versus will she? Uh, I don't know. I think honestly, like, it's more likely that she would leave than that she would be let go. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't think she should be fired. I don't think she's had the best season. Like, I think she has not given us everything that we were like excited to get from her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like it's a first season thing. And these the season is pretty short. And obviously there was a certain amount of I think, you know, by the time they started filming, really she was probably in wedding mode mm-hmm. for a lot of the time. And that is like a, you know, I think it's a tough thing. And there was a lot of pressure on her. Um, but yeah, I I mean I I don't think they should like I don't think they need to do like a casting overhaul. I think maybe like, you know, add one or two people, you know, if somebody, maybe somebody won't want to come back, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. I think just like a little refresh, just a little, just a little refresh. Maybe Nina. I don't know about Nina. Like, I don't know. Maybe just like a teeny (laughs) tiny, a little zhuzh, a little zhuzh will do. They just a quick little trip to beauty lab and laser and they'll be good to go. Literally, quite literally, <laughs> would love to uh, see it. Oh my gosh. Well, Sarah, this has been just lovely. Tell everyone where they can listen to you, find you, follow you, all of that, all of that stuff. Well, I host the Housewives Psychology Podcast and Beast Girls, which we like to call a mix of C-SPAN and Ayama Fix My Life. You can listen to that twice a week wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. New episodes come out on Tuesdays and Saturdays. And you can follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. I do a lot of deep dives of my thoughts while watching the Housewives, which is quite literally never live. Um, And a lot of other quizzes and, you know, getting people's thoughts on all things franchises, psych and Bravo and so much more. So follow me on IG at Dame Galley. Absolutely. Go do that. Thank you, Sarah. Always a pleasure. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.